0: if you attended any of the Dayton conventions, say in the last 50 years, you will have heard the name C. Helen Mushin. H.E. Schmuel affectionately called her Mushin the Missionary. What a unique and gifted and wonderful woman she was. She's in heaven now, but her ministry lives on through the ministry of Convention Pulpit. This is a different cassette, and it was given back in 1970 in a chapel service at KCCBS, that's Kansas City College and Bible School in Overland Park, Kansas. I know you're going to enjoy what you're about to hear.
1: It is a genuine joy for me to be here for my second visit. I was here just about four years ago, if my memory serves me correctly. Would there be any of the students here today that were here back then four years ago? Would you wave your hand? Woo, glory. Well, there are quite a few. Praise the Lord, but there are a lot, lot of brand new ones. All right, everybody, just be encouraged. Someone asked me just before the service, Are you going to preach? No, you've got too many preachers around here. I'm just going to talk to you right out of my heart. But I do have a passage of Scripture that I want to base my remarks on, and that's recorded in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, beginning to read from verse 5. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus answered and said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord... I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth. To another, Come, and he cometh. To my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith No, not in Israel. Then verse 13 reads, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. May God add his richest blessing to this portion of his sacred word. Shall we bow our heads in a moment of prayer? Our Father in heaven, we're deeply grateful for your presence with us in this service. Now thou dost know every one of our hearts. And we're so grateful that thou art the only one who can satisfy the need of every heart. Thou hast the solution to every problem and ill of this and world and of every human heart. Now we pray that you'll speak through lips of clay. Honor thy holy word and the, my testimony. We ask in the name of Jesus and for whatever thou dost accomplish, every bit of the honor and glory shall be thine forever. And all the people said, Amen. There's one thing I want to call your attention to about this centurion. Uh, I I can't give you the message, but the fact that Jesus paid him the greatest compliment of the New Testament, that taught me a tremendous lesson, that no matter what I do, I do it for Jesus' sake. Now, I've got a lot of kicks. I've had a lot of complaints, and I've been opposed, and I've been criticized. I've had 12 whole missionary pastorates, but hallelujah, I did it for Jesus' sake. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm not interested in what people think of me. They'll love you one day and hate you the next. They'll be your friend one day, your enemy the next. They'll bless you one day and curse you the next. So I'm really trying to live to have his smile and approval upon my life. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter to me whether anybody approves or doesn't approve. I'm living for Jesus. I don't want to be like that preacher who left school and the Bible college, went to preach his first message. He was so cocksure of himself and wanted everybody to pat him on the back. The first lady he shook hands with after the service, he said, Sister, how did you like my sermon? She said, I didn't like it. Good for her. God bless her honest heart. He said, well, why didn't you like it? She says, for three reasons I didn't like it. Number one, you read your sermon. Number two, you didn't read it very well. And number three, it wasn't worth reading. That's why I didn't like it. Hallelujah! I hope he learned a lesson that he's preaching to have Jesus' approval upon his life and not to have people say, oh, that was a great sermon. Well, hallelujah forever. This centurion used three words that I'm going to use for my testimony. He said, come, he said, do, and he said, go. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This is a glorious message that we have to preach to the whole world. And I preached it to Buddhist, Shintoist, Communist, uh, Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholics, and what have you. Even got to speak in a Jewish synagogue in Singapore. Woo! Glory, hallelujah. And even the rabbi came. Woo! Hallelujah to Jesus. They thought I was going to give a travelogue. That's what they thought. But I had to tell about Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. And then I got to speak at a, a high school in New York, in the Bronx. But all, all Jews there. And the teacher said, I, wa- I don't want you to mention Jesus one time in this message. Woo! What a time I had. I kept saying, Jesus, oh, God. Woo! I did that about a half a dozen times. I said, Lord, have mercy. I hope I never have such an experience again. I can't talk without Jesus. He is my Lord and Master. Praise His name forever. And I even spoke at a seven-day Advent church in New Guinea, in the New Britain and New Ireland uh, 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 islands. Praise the Lord forever. I've spoken for 65 different denominations. I've got a message I want everybody to hear. Hallelujah. Big shots, half shots, little shots, buck shots. All kinds of shots need to hear this glorious truth of salvation. Praise the Lord. Well, I've come to Jesus. But before I, I go back, I want to give you the word do. Matthew seven twenty one, Jesus' words, the end of his wonderful Sermon on the Mount. Do you know that's the greatest sermon that's ever been preached? I've heard and you've heard marvelous evangelists and preachers, but nobody has been able to preach a message like that. 111 verses, 27 subjects mentioned in that one sermon alone. Well, right at the end, he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Who can do God's will? Only those who are genuinely sanctified. They're the only ones that say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Carnal individuals can't say that. Only those who are genuinely surrendered and totally committed to Jesus Christ. And over in Ephesians 6, 6, it says, Doing the will of God from the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. And then the last word was go, and that's Mark 16, 15. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let's go back to the come. And I want to tell you how I came to Jesus. I was raised in a cold, formal, modernistic church of the Frigidaea and knew nothing about salvation. The preacher was a rank sinner himself. He prayed for the bushes, the trees, the flowers, for everything but lost souls. But I was invited to an old fashioned tent meeting conducted by the Church of the Noiserines way over a half century ago. they told me to come to a religious circus well it was a circus all right all of danvers the insane asylum we felt like was let loose and they were under that tent holding a street uh, holding a tent meeting they ran all over the place they shouted they yelled just like some of you old timers have been used to praise the lord and glory be to jesus there was quite a bit of that yesterday over at the south park church hallelujah oh it was glorious it got to my heart And when I heard the first individual who came to me at the third night, the first two nights we ran out... The first individual that ever talked to me about my soul, I responded, hallelujah. I came forward to an altar of prayer and confessed my sins to Jesus Christ. That's the only trip I made to the altar because it meant something to me. Christ transformed my heart and my life, made me brand new. I didn't have to keep running back to the altar. They taught me to live, to walk in the light, to keep my eyes focused on Jesus only. When the problems and the dark valleys and the dark tunnels came, just go to Jesus. He's the only one, hallelujah. And I've been doing that all through my life. Praise his name forever. Well, it was marvelous how the Lord led. The tent meeting closed. And it, for quite a while, I never knew about holiness uh, until, oh, I began to have these carnal fits and tantrums. I thought, whoa, is, it, is this all that Jesus can do for me? I want to get rid of this. This is terrible. I had jealousy. I was envious. I hated those who hated. I was a genuine Pharisee. I love that. Just like the rest of you. Come on, don't sit there like tombstones. You were Pharisees, too. I loved those who loved me, and I hated those who hated me. That was natural because of the old carnal nature that I was born with. But when I heard the message of holiness, hallelujah, the first time I ever heard that the Lord could help us to get delivered from this cantankerous nature, I made a trip to the altar. What did I do? I was already forgiven freely for all the sins that I had ever committed, and I made restitutions. I wrote letters to those that I'd written nasty letters to, who'd written me nasty letters, and I apologized. I made everything right. I got rid of all the 10-cent jewelry. I used to wear some 10-cent bracelets, 10-cent rings, and uh, 10-cent necklaces. I got them all together, and I put them in a paper sack, and I even took that 10-cent compact I got from uh, Woolworths. I looked in the mirror. I said, now, Lord, I'm as ugly as ever. This powder isn't helping me one bit. So I put the compact in that sack. And on my way to the first prayer meeting, I threw it on the corner of Haver and Warren Streets in Lawrence, Massachusetts. And I've never desired any of that junk from that day to this. Woo! Glory, hallelujah! Jewelry to me is rubbish, it's junk. When I looked at the crown jewels in London, England, and I said to the guard standing there, what have you got all these fences and glass cages around for? He said, thieves, lady, thieves. I said, you couldn't give them to me. I wouldn't want them. I said, junk to me. Diamonds and rubies. Oh, he thought, well, she's cracked. <laughs> well, hallelujah. I am an oddball. I'm a nonconformist. I'm trying to please Jesus and Jesus only. I'm not interested in whether anybody approves or disapproves. I'm trying to please Jesus. Hallelujah forever. Well, glory. Oh, the Lord truly sanctified me. One operation is all I needed. Some of you have had 10 and 20 and 50 operations. Lord have mercy. Woo! One is enough. I died out. I went into the casket. 95% of the people who profess holiness still aren't really dead. They're supposed to be in the casket. When everything goes their way, they'd stay in the casket. But when something goes against their pet peeve or against their notion, whoop, they sit right up in that casket and tell you off and go back the casket again. <laughs> Saved and sanctified. Lord have mercy. Ninety-five percent of the holiness crowd lives like that. Let's face it. We might as well be honest. But oh, how wonderful when Christ comes in and takes full possession and full control of the life. When you've surrendered all to Jesus, threw up both hands and surrendered, Lord, from now on, you have control of my life. I have nothing else to say. Lord Jesus, this rebellion in the school, I don't understand it. Holiness young people raised in holiness homes rebelling against standards. I love the old-fashioned standards. It's a thrill, it's a genuine joy to live in the straight and narrow way. Jesus said, the way is so straight and narrow, few there be that find it. Woo, I'm glad I found it. (laughs) And I love it. Rebellious, I went to college four years in the East, one in Pasadena, California. I kept every rule. I loved it. There was no problem whatsoever. And I lived very simply. The other students would run down to the diner and eat. I was satisfied with the food they gave. Praise the name of the Lord. Woo! Glory be to King Jesus. Well, hallelujah. After I, uh, oh, first of all, I want to mention that for four years before I even went to college, it was wonderful. I went to church every night in the week. I thank God for those noisierings that raised me in the old-fashioned way. Monday through Friday... Full prayer meetings a week, Monday night reserved for evangelistic campaigns all over the Boston and New England areas, and then Saturday night street meeting. I mean every Saturday night, summer, winter, spring, and fall. And then all nights of prayer after the street meeting Saturday nights. And then Sunday, services all day except to go home and have dinner. That was all. Morning worship. And then hospitals, jails, reformatories, county homes, prisons. Glory to Jesus. Sharing the wonderful news of redemption. Until 5.30 Sunday afternoon street meeting again. Young peoples at 7 30 evangelistic service till midnight. Hallelujah forever. After I got converted, I went back to that cold formal, modernistic church. I said, Say, preacher, I want my church letter. They took me in at the age of 12. I was a sinner. I said, I've been redeemed now, praise the Lord, and I'm going to affiliate myself with the Noiserines. He said, Don't join those crazy people. He said, They're illiterate, they're uneducated, they just live like a skyrocket. And then it's down again. Said, listen, why don't you stay in our church and amount to something? I said, oh, no. Why didn't you tell me about Jesus dying on the cross? You didn't tell me this, and I came to your church all these years? No. If you don't want to give me a church letter, hallelujah, they'll take me on profession of faith. So I left his church, but he made three prophecies. Number one, within six months, you're going to lose your mind. Have I lost my mind? It's so over 50 years. If I have, you pray that I'll lose at Samoa. Woo! Hallelujah. Second, he said, you're going to live and die in New England. Oh. Woo! He was clear off the beam. Live and die in New England. I've been across this nation. It's good. This is my 107th trip coast to coast. I left the West Coast in February, and by the first, I'm going clear to the East Coast. If I go any further, I'll fall in the Atlantic. So I'm not going any further. I'm going to start heading back again to the Pacific Coast. It'll be 108 trips, and preach the gospel in every state in the United States, every province in the Dominion of Canada, from Halifax, Nova Scotia, to Victoria, British Columbia, many, many times, and on 19 missionary journeys, covered 180 countries and islands on every Continent. Woo! Hallelujah to Jesus. You know, 24 years after this experience, oh, I forgot to tell you the third prophecy. He said you'll never mount to anything in this life. I agree with that prophecy. I don't want to mount to anything in this life. Who wants your name emblazoned on the billboards and the and the magazines and newspapers? I'm not interested. I'm living for Jesus. I want popularity with him and not with this sin-cursed world. So I agree with that. I don't amount to anything as far as this world is concerned. But I want to amount to something in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah forever. Praise the name of the Lord. I got to go back when they were pastoring that pastor that made those prophecies in New Haven, Connecticut, and told him how he was clear off the beam. Glory be to Jesus forever. Well, anyway, after graduation from college, I began to get a few calls, but I said, Lord, now you open the door. I wanted to know what faith was. Faith. What is faith? I've heard a lot about it. We sing about faith, but what is faith? Well, when the former pastor of mine wrote and said, we want you to come to Alberta, Canada, to do home mission work, we can't pay you any salary. We can't even pay your expenses up here. You have to live by faith. You have to pray in the light bill, the coal bill, the water bill, your food bill, everything. Whoo! That thrilled me. I said, that's the call I'm going to accept. I want to learn what it is to live by faith. Brother, sister, I learned. Woo! Praying every day, give us this day our daily bread. You think the Lord ever failed us? Never. He supplied our every needs. Money came in for the water bill, the coal bill, the light bill, our food bill. Praise the name of the Lord. We slept on home mission benches. I've had 12 home missionary pastorates. Ten of them we lived by faith. They were in Alberta, British Columbia, Canada, Colorado, Arizona, Utah, and Nevada. Two of them paid a salary. One paid as high as $10 a week and I resigned because I felt like I was becoming a millionaire. Woo! That's too much money! So I resigned and went right back into home mission work again. Woo! Glory be to King Jesus. All those were glorious experiences, but I learned to trust the Lord and live by faith. Now, I want to give you one experience. When I was going around the world on my first time, somebody said, Do you get any discounts? No. My first round-the-world trip cost $1,112.78. Clear around the world. That's way back in 1949 and 50. I was gone a year and 12 days. When I was in France, you know, you said, well, how do you make these contacts? It's fantastic how the Lord opens the doors. The first time, of course, I went around for the Nazarenes because it was the Nazarene missionary friends who invited me. But I got acquainted with so many other groups. I was preaching. I have a cousin who lived in France. He's now gone, but he had 25 churches under him, and they really preached the gospel. And so uh, I got into quite a few of the churches in Marseille, France, where he lived, and one man said to me, you will go into Athens, Greece. I said, no, I can't go to Athens on this trip for the simple reason that I had to make my choice, either to go from uh, Rome, Naples, uh, Malta, Benghazi, Tobruk, and into to Cairo, or just from, uh, let me see, uh, where was I? Paris, Athens, and then into Cairo. I said, No, I'll take the long way round for the same money. So I said, no, I'm skipping Athens this time. Oh, he said, what a pity, you must go. I said, I don't know anybody in Athens. He said, my wife's there, and she speaks English. I was talking to him through an interpreter. He said, I'll write my wife, and he gave me the address, and he said, I want you to go. Well, I didn't have any extra ticket. I went down and asked, how much does it cost to make a round trip? They said, you might as well go to Istanbul while you're at it, too. They need the gospel there. So I found out from the BEA office, British European Airways, it would cost $171.74 to go from, uh, where was I, Paris, Athens, and Istanbul, and back to Paris again. I said, well, I don't have that money, but I'm praying about it, and if I get the money, I'll be back to get a ticket. They said, what are you talking about praying? We worked, and I said, well, you see, I work for King Jesus. <laughs> He's my employer. He supplies all my needs. Hallelujah. I waited about 10 days. I didn't have too much faith. I got a pack of letters, and I opened every one of them, not a penny. Even Brother Paul had asked me. I got a few letters at his house. He said, were they full of checks? No, they weren't. (laughs) Woo, glory be to Jesus. But I opened all the letters that were forwarded from London, England. There was no money, except the last was a Pan-American letter. One from Pan American Airlines. I couldn't understand. I don't understand to this day why they sent me that check. I don't understand it. I opened it. There was no, no letter, only a check. It said refund from your world to a $171.74. Woo! Glory, hallelujah. To the Penny! To the penny. I went back down to that B.E. office. I said, whoops, glory. I said, make me out a round-trip ticket. Here's my check. They thought I was kidding. I said, kidding, nothing. Here's a bona fide check right here. Pan-American. Woo! They said, pray for us. I said, I sure will. <laughs> glory, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Faith, trust in God. Taking him at his word. I feel like that little boy in Los Angeles wrote God a letter. He said, Dear God, will you please send me $25? I'm not going to use it for myself. I'm going to use it for missionary work all over the world. He had every bit of faith that the Lord was going to answer that prayer. On the envelope, he wrote, God, heaven, put a poster stamp and mailed it in the post office. The postmaster read it. He just smiled. He said, some little child wanting money from God. He wanted to destroy it. Then he said, i better send it to the general postmaster. Let him do as he pleases with it. He threw it in file thirteen. Wastepaper basket, but he got to thinking about that all day long. He said, what if that was my boy writing such a letter? I'd appreciate someone encouraging his faith. So he took a $5 bill and mailed it to the boy. The boy was thrilled. He thanked the Lord. Then he wrote, God, a thank you letter. And this is what he said. Dear God, thank you very much for answering my letter and my prayer. Next time I ask you for anything, please send it to me direct." This one came by way of Washington, D.C., and they stole $20 out of that envelope and only sent me five of it. Had you sent it to me direct, I'd have gotten every bit of it. His faith was in God and not in those crooks in Washington, D.C. And I don't have any faith in those crooks either. God have mercy. My faith is in the living God. Praise his name forever. Well, you know, I tell you, brother, sister, So that people say, well, how, do, how, how can you believe the Lord like this? Well, I've, he's never failed. I learned it in home mission work to trust him for all my needs. Praise the Lord. Of course, it's a little easier for me. I have no husband and children to support. That takes a lot of money. I have no car. I have no home to keep up. You see, I have no overhead. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, glory. I never get a bill. Whoops. Glory. Hallelujah. All oh, my mail is personal. I don't know anyone a penny. You see, all of you folks are normal individuals. I'm abnormal. Glory be to Jesus. But I'm ex- ex- exceedingly happy being a crackpot for Jesus Christ. Praise his holy name forever. Or a nod ball. A nonconformist. Praise his matchless name forever. Well, uh, Praise the Lord. Of course, there's the language barrier. Of course, there's the language barrier. Recently, I read where a man went to a restaurant in Madrid, Spain. I've been there, too, but I don't go to restaurants. I just go to the marketplace and buy some fruit and live like that. He ordered steak and mushrooms. They didn't know what in the world he's talking about. So he made a picture of a mushroom and a picture of a cow. Ten minutes later, the waiter came back with an umbrella and a ticket to the bullfight. That's what he got for the steak and mushrooms. I can sure sympathize with him. (laughs) Woo! I've sure had a time, believe you me. On my first trip around the world, I went with uh, Dr. and Mrs. Seawall and Jones up th- from Amsterdam, Holland, to Copenhagen, Denmark. We got there at 6 o'clock in the morning, and Dr. Jones asked me to go find a telephone. Bless your heart. I don't know the Danish language. I saw a little sign said F-O-N-O, so I followed. I said, that must be the Danish equivalent to telephone. So I followed and landed right in the men's restroom. Woo! Uh, <laughs> I tell you, I... In. When I went back, Dr. Jones said, were the rooms ready at the hotel? I said, rooms ready, nothing. I ran in the wrong phone booth. <laughs> I felt like saying, you go try this time. No, he insisted I go try again, but I tell you, I skipped that sign over there. I went all over that place trying to find another phone. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us Woo! I got lost in Istanbul, Turkey. Woo! Somebody from Athens has given me this address of this godly brother. He'll open up all kinds of churches and speaking places for you if you can find him. I got to that hotel. I didn't know where to go. The airline said, which hotel are you going to stay in, Miss Moshin? I said, I don't know. Can you suggest a place? They said, yes, the Park Hotel across the street. Ten dollars. I said, I don't want to buy the hotel. I just want a room. Lord, have mercy on us. And so there was a couple there from Denmark that said, say, we're going to a cheaper hotel. You want to come with us? It's clean and cheap. Wonderful. So I went along with them and I got Got a lovely room without bath for 90 cents. And, but, oh, I didn't realize the situation I was going to get in. Those, uh, uh, the, uh, what do you call those fellas that wait on you? Yeah, the name just slipped my Porters. is. They come to knock at my door and uh, talk in Turkish. I don't know what they're talking about. I said, speak English. I don't know Turkish. One day I opened the door, and he showed uh, me the, on the tariff list, shower 75 kurush, that sense in the Turkish mind. So, well, none of your business if I want to take a shower. And I put him out and then I asked somebody from uh, Istanbul I said what's the story here they said well you see because you have a room without bath they've got to know whether you uh, want to take a shower because they have the key to the shower room so one day I said yes and so the man took me in and showed me how to work the shower different from ours and he stayed in there I said get out of here he said no he wanted to rub my back for Bakshi's tip I said oh no nobody rubs my back (laughs) goodbye He wouldn't get out, so I said, you don't get out, I'll get out. So I got out, went back to my room, and locked the door. Woo, Lord have mercy on us. Well, anyway, as I was going up to find this brother, I got lost. All of a sudden, it dawned on me, what's the name of that hotel where I'm staying? Oh, God help us. Big city like Istanbul, Turkey, hundreds of hotels. I completely forgot I had just landed there. But you know, the Lord is wonderful. I said, dear Lord, you're the only one that can help me. I said to the people, "Uh, where did I get on the streetcar? They didn't know what I'm talking about. I do not know where I got on that streetcar. We'd been riding for 20 minutes. We passed St. Sophia Cathedral. I remember that. Finally, they realized I'm lost and I'm a stranger. I'm a foreigner. And one young man beckoned me to come out. And so I went out with him. He's talking Turkish. I'm talking English down the road, about three, four blocks. I don't know what he was saying. He didn't know what I was saying. And then somebody said, weren't you afraid? No. Jesus travels with me. Hallelujah. If anybody... uh, Wants to cause some harm or damage? I just shout a hallelujah, and they run the opposite direction. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord! No, this fellow was kind. He took me to an American school. I walked up the sixty steps, but nobody was there. I got the telephone. I thought DEA knows where I'm staying because I told them that young couple told them the name of the hotel. I couldn't get through the telephone. Finally, he went down, he took me to another store, and they wanted to send me, the police after me. I said, no, no, what can I tell the police? I don't know the name of the hotel. Then I said, never mind, never mind, Allah, Allah, they know Allah, he's God, he helped me. I walked down the street, I thought maybe it'd be easy, the Lord would direct me right back to that hotel. I came across an intersection, one this way, one that way, one this way, four of them. I stood there and prayed, oh God, which one is it? You show me which way that streetcar came. Four intersections I passed, and I went right. It took me one hour and ten minutes I found the Uzipek Palace Hotel. You think I'll ever forget the name of that hotel? Never. (laughs) Never as long as I live. I've been lost over and over and over again. Praise the name of the Lord. And then people say to me, how do you get along with the food? You must have had some exotic food, exotic food, nothing. In Japan, I held a preacher's meeting, I didn't want to do it, but they insisted. This is way back in 1950, and they took us to a Japanese restaurant, and the very first course was live worm soup. I mean, they were wiggling around in that soup. I said, I'm sorry, I can't eat it. The missionaries tried to coerce me. Finally, the missionary wife was very courteous and kind. She says, honey, don't force her if she doesn't want to. I said, oh, I can't. I, I just can't eat worm soup. So I gave it to the preachers, and they were thrilled to get it. Then the second course was raw fish with seaweed on top. I couldn't eat that either. I love fish cooked, but not raw. And seaweed on top, I gave that to the preachers. Every course that came, I just couldn't eat it. And I gave it all to the preachers. They said, Mushin Sensei, you can come back any time. <laughs> yeah, praise the Lord forever. Hallelujah. And then Brother Paul knows they drink mud in the Middle East, Turkish coffee. Looks like mud. It's like he drank it. He said, oh, he have to pray while he's drinking it, I guess. But he drank it. I couldn't take it. Oh, I've never touched it. I said, no, thank you. I'll just have fruit. And so when I've gone back, nobody's been insulted at me. They, they, they laugh. They think it's great. They said, now, Sister Mooshin, we're going to drink our mud. But we brought you fruit. I said, Hallelujah. <laughs> glory to Jesus. Well, uh, I've had baked rats served to me, boiled cow dung, boiled horse manure, live su- uh, worm, uh, no, lice soup, the thing that ripes with ri- uh, rhymes with rice. <laughs> I saw the people in the jungles of Peru. <laughs> Peru, Brother Crumb, glory, Hallelujah. <laughs> He'd collecting the lice, cracking them, and eating them raw. I said to the missionary, Did I see correctly? He said, what did you see now? Uh, He said, you're seeing too much. I said, I couldn't help it. I saw those people. Take them, crack them, and put them in their mouths. Was that really lice? He said, it sure was. I said, Lord, have mercy. What are they going to do with us up here in the jungles? Well, they cooked lice soup for us, and my missionary friends ate it right in front of me. I was dying by the inches, and they made so much fun of me and made me so ashamed of myself They said, oh, you're just a fuss button. Said, if you were here long enough, you'd learn to eat it, too. So they gave me a spoon, and I took one spoonful of the white broth. I pushed the black specks to one side. I took the white broth. I put it in my mouth. It went this far and came straight back. (laughs) Hallelujah forever. Woo! I said, I'll just live on fruit. We went out to the jungle areas where we could get some grapefruit for a penny apiece. Oh, for six weeks at a time, I've had nothing but fruit. Just fruit. I love fruit, but, oh, six weeks is quite a long time. Try it. Try it sometime. I'd have been glad to have a crust of bread thrown out in some garbage pail. I'd have gone, picked it up, and eaten. Woo! That hungry for just a crust of bread. Praise the name of the Lord. In the Philippine Islands, six young preacher boys took me to some places that no other evangelist, no other preacher, no other missionary has been willing to go with us into the jungle areas. I said, I'm willing. I've been in home mission work all my life. I've never preached for money, I just preached for souls. And the Lord has never failed to supply all my needs. Certainly I'll go. And, you know, I'm getting older. I'm not as young as I used to be. I'm no spring chicken. I've been preaching 40 years. And this was just a few years ago. And walk, walk, walk. They had an old oh, a old car that came out of the ark. You have to get out and push it half the time. And uh, so I walked most of the way. And, you know, in the morning I couldn't eat what they ate. Just gummy rice. Each of those preachers would have a huge bowl of gummy rice. No salt and nothing to it. I said, I'll have a cup of holiness tea. What is it? Hot water with a dab of milk in it. But there was no milk. Not even a bit of milk. So I just drank the hot water. But do you know what I did? I had learned the way the day before, and I got ahead of those six preachers. I got ahead of them 15 minutes ahead of them. When they reached me, they said, Sister Mooshin, you're amazing. We don't understand you. Said, you saw what we had for breakfast. We saw what you had for breakfast. They said, if we had what you had, we'd have died by the wayside, dropped dead. How do you do it? God is the only answer. God doesn't call anybody to any specific work without helping and supplying every need. He'll furnish the grace. He'll furnish the courage. He'll furnish the money. He'll furnish the strength. Hallelujah! I tell you this from personal experience. God has called me into this. I don't know why he did and not bought like me. I don't have a talent in the world. Not one. But if pinching pennies and managing money is a talent, I've got it. I have that, if that's a talent. I don't know whether it is or not. Praise the Lord. Well, transportation. Sure, I've been on double-deck airliners. 146 different airliners that I've traveled on. All kinds of them. But I had one down in the jungles of Guatemala, which is called the Alaska of Guatemala up in was. There was no scheduled airliner. It was a freight plane. Two missionaries were with me, and we waited eight hours at the little airport. When the little plane finally arrived, what did they put in first? All the freight. The canned goods, the cans of milk, all the freight. Then they put in the livestock, the cows, the horses, the chickens, the sows, the pigs, everything, the chickens. And then the passengers came last. I thought, my Lord, have mercy. I said to the missionaries, where in the world are we going to sit? Sit on top of that cow or that can of milk or that, <laughs> that box of uh, freight. Of Lord, help us. But where's the seat belt I said, seatbelt. They laughed at me. Knows. I said, what's going to happen if the plane does loop-de-loops? I said, but well, we just have the fruit basket upset. One time we had scrambled eggs up here. The milk and the eggs ran together. Woo, what an experience. Shoo! Glory, I've been on camelback, donkeyback, all kinds of back, on foot, traveled all kinds of ways. For what? To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share the message. What about the victories? Oh, I've had some wonderful victories. The glorious thing is meeting people as I travel across the country and the world. I met two young men recently in Los Angeles on the street. I didn't know them. Thank God I don't seem to change much. Everybody recognizes this oddball. They said God made Mooshin and lost the pattern. So these young fellows accosted me. Hello, Sister Mooshin. I said, who in the world are you, fellas? Said, why, we got saved under your ministry way back in 1952 in Zerka, Jordan. And our father, don't you remember? He was 78 years of age when he got saved with us. We just recently moved to, to the Los Angeles area. And said, we were so thrilled to see you, and we want you to know our father died faithful and is in heaven today, and we're still living for the Lord. Say, that was worth more than a million-dollar check to me. Thank you, Jesus, I said. Everywhere I go, up in Canada, oh, I was saved under your ministry in Cairo, Egypt. Oh, I was saved under you in Tehran, Iran. Thank God forever. Has it been worth it all? A million times over. Have I ever been sick? No. Have I gone through trials and dark places? Of course. I'm human, just like anybody else. This Christian way has its dark valleys, it has its tunnels, opposition. Everybody isn't going to like us. Did they all like Jesus? Of course not. If they condemned and criticized the spotless, sinless Lamb of Calvary, where do you and I think we are? What do we think we are? Bless your heart and soul. Of course I have all these experiences. What do I do? Go to the Lord. How have I been able to keep this experience? I've loved Jesus so much. He's meant so much for me. To me, he's done so much for me. What have I done when I've had a battle and a problem and I've got a nasty letter? Of course it hurts for the time being for a moment. And then I say, Lord, help me to wait now and answer a sweet one back. And when I've heard such terrible criticism, I appreciated what Brother Martin said last night. I'd rather people come and tell me what they think of me to my face rather than go behind my back and say such unkind things. We have such terrible gossipers, slanderers, story spreaders. Listen, everything I hear, I don't believe until I check and double check it. Amen. Praise the Lord. And I just go to the Lord. That's how I've been able to keep my experience. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I'm going through this battle. Or I've made this mistake. I've had a bad attitude. Lord, help me to go. I'm not too big to apologize. God forbid. I've apologized. Even recently to somebody that had something against me. I'll eat humble pie every time. Why? I want to keep in touch with Jesus. I want his smile and approval to be upon me continuously. Listen, young people. You can get established and rooted and grounded. There's no need to go back and forth, back and forth to the altar. Bless your heart. Just walk in the light. Mind God. Don't give up. Don't quit serving God. Don't. Just go to Jesus, ask him to forgive you, and then apologize to the one you hurt, and then keep on going. Just keep walking in the light so that his blood will continually cleanse us from all sin. How I love him supremely. I wish I had some more lives to give to him. Blessed be his name. Served him for 50 years and been preaching for 40 years. When are you quitting? Never. When Jesus comes and takes me home, I'm ready to go. How about you? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the wonderful attention we had from these precious young people. We ask thy will to be done in every heart and every life in divine presence. Oh, Lord, we pray the Holy Spirit perhaps has said something to some heart that would give them encouragement and inspiration to just be faithful and true to Thee until the end. Answer these prayers, we pray, and satisfy every heart. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you, and God
0: bless you. Spend I don't want to lose the... F-